0: You're listening to the Funny Women Survival Guide, the uplifting, tongue-in-cheek podcast where we chat to British comedy's funniest females in an attempt to cheer up and entertain the nation in these uncertain times. And here's your host, Alexis Strom. Hello. Bit of a heat wave out there today. And boy, do we have a hot tamale of an episode for you this week? <laughs> My guest is one half of Joan and Jerrica, actor and writer Vicky Pepperdine. Now I've had a pepperdine crush for some time now, so I really had to hold it together during our chat, particularly when she talked about COVID tarts and pandemic panic buys. warning. This episode really is very funny. And Vicky gives us some excellent advice, like um. It's just kind of like a real ass agony, aunt, actually. And we're also joined by Funny Women's Lynn Parker. And as a neat segue, Vicky is actually the Funny Women Comedy Writing Award Head Judge. So that's all incredibly exciting. Enjoy. Welcome to the studio, Vicky Pepperdine and Lynn from Funny hey, Women. Hey, hi. Hey. Hello. Rapturous applause. Mm-hmm. Thanks thanks for having me um well we we are very delighted to have you in fact as uh you're probably the cheeriest guest actually that we've had so far so drunk. we'll try and break you oh.
1: <laughs> I'm not it's not i'm not drunk no i'm um i'm just putting on a brave face to be honest uh as we must oh. mustn't we oh i don't know mm.
0: <laughs> i like
1: it that's very, british, yes, I, very well, british i am
0: english rose so i thought what we would do to start off is for people that don't know who you are, because I I'd say that's unlikely mm. that there are a any people around. Yeah, but I thought
1: perhaps you could describe yourself as if it was a dating. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm five foot eleven and a half. I'm a size probably zero, maybe minus two. I don't know. Um, I'm ve- I'm quite curvy. It's all natural, um, but very slim. Um, is that helpful? Blonde, long blonde hair. Um, perfect features so yeah I, I guess that's about how I would describe myself on a dating website
0: <laughs> and, and anything to do with personality is um, that not really so I, I'm a
1: good listener and um, housework I'd say uh, probably two <laughs> two key parts of my persona that I'd also pop on that dating site but, um, might lead to a bit of disappointment on both fronts mm-hmm. to be fair You actually ever been on a dating website? No, I haven't, because I'm very, very old, and fortunate enough to have a partner who's stuck around. So, um, uh, no, is the answer to that. Uh, In my day, we just went and drank lots of cider and cycled around and tried to meet people. (laughs) That's how we got together with people. It's basically cycling and alcohol, but um,
0: and and it worked.
1: That's very good, actually. Yeah. 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 You're
2: not that old. You're not that Uh, old.
1: Well, I'm 104. (laughs) um, So I don't know. I'm doing okay. Looking very good. Thanks for 104. Yes. 104. Thank you. Thank you. So
0: I, I saw something that popped up this week, actually, Vicky. You're doing a, a YouTube comedy series at the moment,
1: which I thought was very down with oh, yes. Kids. Uh, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Um, my lovely friend Damon Rochefort, who writes for Coronation Street, has written a, as you say, yeah, a little YouTube thing, um, which we recorded before lockdown. So anyone seeing it who thinks, goodness me, she's no social distancer. Mark mask wearer um, please be reassured that at the legendary Anne Mitchell with whom I do all my scenes was safe because at that <laughs> point we didn't know there was going to be a pandemic uh, uh, worldwide
0: how does it feel watching stuff back I mean it's weird for us as punters yeah. when we watch tv and, and get all vicious you know like no one's social distancing in in, in any of these movies how do you feel watching yourself yeah. back? I mean
1: I've used the word down. trigger triggered <laughs> quite a lot over the last couple of months and I mean basically it happens to me if I ever leave my house I feel quite triggered because I see people not wearing masks and I think you murderers but I also understand that not everyone maybe oh. quite I don't know I don't know should we get into that I don't know, no, I, don't anyway, know.
0: I think we shouldn't I think we should just do I'd comedy, say, keep really let's do comedy wear masks. yes, yes. Definitely
1: <laughs> oh, wear your masks. I, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, please. It's but strange, I'm sure people listening will.
2: It's a strange concept, though, for comedy, isn't it? Because there's been a lot of talk about. Masks. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if everyone in an audience, if you had a, a you know, if we, we managed to get live gigs together again, then, and everyone was sitting there in a mask, you wouldn't be able to see their.
1: It would and, be strange. And but they weird. Laugh extra loud, maybe, so that you got the. I don't know. But yeah, it's, I mean, you know, we're living in very, very strange times. So yeah. Anything goes, in my view. It does, and so this series—it's called Neighborhood yeah. Watch. Is it out now? Can well, we I think go and a watch little trailer, it? and then I think next week the series is out. Is it a series? do You know, I'm terribly sorry, but I don't even know if it's a whole series. And Dana's going to kill me. <laughs> um, Are you sure you're in it? I think I'm in it. Uh, I, 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 okay, I think I'm in it, and uh, it's very funny.
0: So that's fantastic. So that's going to be available yeah. on YouTube very soon, and also. Uh you've been quite busy in the pandemic, which is good. This shows that you're actually quite good at this. Um Love I noticed a you've done
2: some yeah. Love a pandemic. Yeah. Um, Flourishing, um, aren't you? Yeah,
1: Yeah. No. no. actually, I um I, I'm one of those people that has very, very good days and very, very bad days. So if I'm having a very, very bad day, uh, I just I'm very kind to myself and think, you know what, just go for a walk or do something nice, uh, wearing a mask. Um uh, and then when I have good days, I take advantage and get busy. So, you know, uh, yeah, that's kind of it, really.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense, though. I think, um, I mean, people talk about the COVID coaster. I don't know if, if uh, you've come across this. Oh, no. one. The COVID coaster of emotions, which is, you know, very much oh, the extreme oh, highs and lows. Totally.
1: I mean, I at very, at the very first outset, looked up the Kubler-Ross curve, which is a grief curve. And realised that I was sort of careering through all the grief curve, you know, events uh, and back and forth at quite a rate. So actually, yeah, that's quite that that makes sense to me. That idea of a COVID coaster. So it's a it's a really really difficult time, but you know, sometimes you get pockets of optimism and sometimes you know, you know you've know you got to, you've got to work freelancers you know we have to work so we have to make that work to make the money to live so sometimes there's no choice you know as for many people there's no choice whether to go to work or not in this in this moment you know many people just have to go to work so in some ways we're not that different I suppose.
2: I think the symptoms of grief though are the other are uh, you know conversations that we have within funny women in the team and all the people we work with it's just everything's gone and you've got no way of rationalizing it you know it whether you're gigging as a stand-up or in a tv production or a theatrical production yeah and it it just none of us have probably ever experienced anything like it
1: no it's extraordinary huge it's huge I mean my other half is a, an actor and he was in a show that was literally just about to open at the national and they were oh, all sent home so, so hard. it sort of really hits you in those moments because I think if you had a job that was continuing you probably wouldn't have moments quite I mean everybody is struggling I mean, I'm not for a moment anybody's cruising along going oh I love this but um you know I think it's different if suddenly your income is completely either completely shut down or quite threatened or you don't know you don't really know where it's going to come from. I know that's hit a lot of, of, of artists and writers and musicians and, you know, actors and you name it, you know, there's people really, really reeling from, from this whole thing. Um,
0: I feel like Joan and Jerrica would give some good advice.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they're pretty immune to it all. I think in some ways, I mean, Joan, we did a little special podcast special that went out recently Um and Joan's very much enjoying her castle living. You know, she's up in the castle in, in Scotland. So she's swimming and sunbathing and fairly sort of oblivious. And then Jerrica's daughter, Cardinal, is um, continuing to live a normal, very ravey, sort of quite quite <laughs> irresponsible life. So Jerrica's basically just go around the house in sort of full PPE. Um <laughs> <laughs> and trying to just get on with things in this very matter of fact manner that she has so um yeah you know anyway
0: but it's it's great it's great and what's what's so exciting about it is that you have the book coming out oh, as yes, well we
1: so do. yeah yeah so we've been that that's one thing that's been a sort of you know we've had to do that so that's been a kind of Uh, you know, something you've got no choice about, really, you've got to get on and deliver for the date that you've said you deliver. And so we literally actually yesterday, um, delivered the sort of final draft to go to the copywriter sort of moment, which does feel very, uh, you know, a, a good big moment to have kind of got to with it.
0: I was just going to say, Vicky, when when Lynn and I actually were both at the same event, which was the comedy 50-50 yeah. night, where you spoke and you were interviewed by Tiffany Stevenson, I think it was. And I came away from that and I just thought it was brilliant. You had such a gung-ho attitude to the industry at a point in which, okay, there wasn't so much to worry about. But um, listening to Joan and Jerrica and the fun and the play that you have with that, how important is play? in in
1: your writing or your work? Oh I think it's I think it's huge really I think you have to so there's different ways of working out there and one of the joys of doing Joan and Jerrica podcast is that you really do play so it's because it's improvised um, almost everything is just a new and sort of ridiculous discovery really Um, it's different in writing because you particularly if it's a book where you have to have chapters and sort of subjects headings and you've got to formalize it a lot more and actually that's less playful shall we say as a as a way of working and and more almost academic actually strangely in its sort of form um so it's quite interesting to do almost completely opposite with the same basic material and the same characters um but I think that the, the 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 fun element of the podcast is is a big thing, and I think and suspect that's been a key to its appeal. Actually, is the enjoyment that we have, um, you know, felt just making each other laugh. Really, you know, just it basic. is incredibly Based infectious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it is. I think that's you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the experience that you have when you listen to it. Is just we can tell that you're trying not to corpse each other the whole way through it, and and that's what's so. It just it feels like we have that relationship with you. Is
1: It's like we're part of the joke. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And we're really aware of I mean, although it's only us in the room, we're sort of aware of you're aware of who's going to enjoy what you're saying. You know, so there's a sort of sense of your audience out there, even though you're in a little room. Um, and actually, a lot of the book was uh, was devised from uh, new improvisations that we then translated either into um sort of you know uh text as it were or have printed as conversations um so it'll be a mix in the book of um you know conversations and an actual text and advice lots and lots and lots of terrible advice <laughs> <laughs> it, well i mean strangely yes um it, it, it is in time for Christmas. We yeah, we hope people will enjoy it and love it. Um, you know, it's coming out. I think it's coming out at the end of October, and uh, hopefully, we'll make a lovely, a lovely stocking filler. Uh, we
0: actually had a question. Um, because we put uh, an, an appeal out oh, on yeah. Twitter for yes, questions yes, for you because I wasn't sure I'd be able to ask you anything. No. Um, so we had a really fabulous question, which was from someone called at Lindley Lovett. So I can mm-hmm. just about pronounce. Is there anybody brave enough to make Dear Joan and Jerrica into a TV series, and would you do it?
1: Mm. Interesting. Well, I mean, I think it is pretty rude, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, do people – is it how rude is very – I don't know, because I don't watch – It's
0: there on the scale. I think you're nine out of ten for rude. Is there
1: ruder? I mean, it's funny, isn't it? I don't know, because I don't probably watch rude television. (laughs) (laughs) make it but um yeah I mean I guess who knows who knows I mean I think it's one of those things where the joy of being able to say whatever you like on the podcast and there being no one going that's too rude is is very very nice indeed so who knows I don't know is the answer to that question and there are so many other ways to put your work out there you know that that um in in one way you sort of don't want to narrow it down too much i suppose perhaps
2: i still like to quite like the idea of a really filthy um you know full-length movie oh
1: that would be nice yeah, <laughs> yeah okay we'll do that <laughs> on we a hollywood track, set think, yeah, 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 we'll do that. yeah
0: we'll do that yeah that's fine it, it, booked done <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your own production company uh with joanna scanlon um is that something that you just kind of tinker with in the background? I hate the word tinker. It's really dismissive actually, but is it something you play around with in the background or is it, is it more um, that you're super focused with getting projects for that? How
1: does that work? Well, really that's it's uh, myself and Joe are umbrella by baby cow, Steve Coogan's company. And so we kind of, um, they're very good uh, at all the sort of businessy bits and the more productiony bits, obviously. And then, um, my sort of main focus is creating work, as opposed to necessarily producing other people's work. Um, but we sort of do a mix and match a bit, and you know, our real hope is to either bring on other writers if we can, young young women writers, or even older women writers, um, but also to make our own work and produce our own work. So it's not a production company, as in we don't have offices. Um, mm. We don't have Staff, or you know, it is literally just us two, but it's um, it's important as a sort of for me, it's important as a kind of way of getting your work out, getting your voice out, and um, pushing the boundaries that are still there, really, for all women, actually, um, and certainly, you know, one of the things I'm finding exciting now is the whole Black Lives Matter movement um, that's been going on, obviously, for quite a long time, with people not being represented properly on television, particularly. Um, Women where you want to get new voices coming in and you want to encourage people to um, get their voices and their stories out there. And so it's not just one or two people who are able to, um, you know, make work on on telly.
0: And um, we'll get to, we're going to discuss about the fact that you're a Funny Women Awards judge for comedy writing, actually. Yes, so I think.
1: we're
0: definitely going to ask you some questions about that in a sec. Um, I wanted to ask you some really banal questions Lovely. first. <laughs> so um, first of all, let's go through some rapid fire questions. Okay. Just, to, just in case anyone's fallen asleep, just kind of juggle, you know, <laughs> you know, juggle things up. Okay, so this is the rapid fire round. Okay. Um, comedy heroine. Oh, um, Victoria Wood. Okay, comedy hero. Oh,
1: that's really hard.
0: Uh,
1: uh, Eric Morecambe.
0: Okay, I don't say wrong. Also, if it, everything you say is
1: right, no, but I can tell from your face, very very judgy. It was wrong. I was a bit judgy. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, like, okay. No, that's um, one, I,
2: I was agreeing. Mate, I was no. agreeing. <laughs> Not happy. Eric Morcombe, definitely. Love him. <laughs>
0: Um favorite Vicky Pepperdine show starring Vicky Pepperdine, please. Oh, bless you. Um
1: I'm going to say getting on Dr Pippa Moore. Okay. Favorite pandemic snack? Any chocolate. But if
0: you, there was a dream which is your dream chocolate?
1: Uh it's a, probably a green and black mint dark. Oof. Yeah. Mm.
0: So sophisticated. Yes. <laughs>
1: um dream <laughs> TV husband. Mm. So many aren't there? Um, I'm who have you not played against that you think? Oh, I wish, come on, uh, Oh, I'm so bad at these sort of questions. I'm gonna say, um, I can only think of really stupid things like Alf garnet which is really not <laughs> <laughs> a massively racist white man. Um, uh, oh, fuck, I don't know. Um, Roger Moore. I'm going to say Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. Good, okay, good happy face reaction. As
2: as the saint or as um James Bond?
1: Um I think the saint. I'll go with the saint. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Okay. And, and lastly, favorite pandemic panic buy. Okay, this is a true story. I bought a um uh, I bought a child's um practice gymnast beam. Uh, <laughs> foldable gymnast beam that is eight foot long and that you can unfold and put on your floor and then practice as though you were training to go on one of those um, long beams that the, the Olga Corbett did. Really? Well on. Um, I never, ever got it out of its box. Um, and then I gave it to some little girls that lived down the road. What were you hoping to do? Was with was <laughs> So Basically, when the pandemic began, and I, I'd been reading about Italy ahead of Uh, us and knowing what was kind of coming our way really and going demented and shouting at my friends and saying don't go out Um, and then one of the things that we had in our kitchen was what we called a nutty ideas list and this was a list of things that you thought you might want if you couldn't do anything else so we started writing things on this list and I, I sort of I wrote down an exercise bike that was because I imagined when they said lockdown, I imagine we weren't going to be able to leave our houses a bit like in China. I thought they'll shut us in. So we got an exercise bike and then I got the beam thinking, you know, that would be (laughs) really balancing for my mind and my my body. Don't forget, I was actually going mad at this point. And then I also spent about £150 on some tomato plant uh, kits and potato Mm -hmm. growing kits and various other sort of planty things for my very small garden, um, and sort of tried to become a market gardener essentially. And <laughs> um, um, all my but all my tomato plants just completely didn't grow at all. Like I planted all these seeds, and in fact, at one point, I planted the seeds and then I put them on a table and turned around to pick up the watering can and knocked them all on the floor. Then I didn't know whether I even had them in the pots or not. So it was a complete disaster. Um, And then a friend of mine about two weeks later felt sorry for me and gave me some tomato seedlings, which I now have, and which I think there are three tiny tomatoes growing on them. (laughs) And then I think I've got about four potatoes from my seed potatoes. So I've worked out that basically each potato and tomato will have cost me about (laughs) 25 pounds. <laughs> but it still doesn't clear up what the beam was for. What were you <laughs> actually? No, like, what were you going to do on it? Going to um, practice to be a gymnast, um, <laughs> of, course, of course. Just okay. in case I needed to, you know, rethink my career. But also, I think I honestly in truth had this really peculiar notion that it would be balancing and uh, grounding to have a sort of core strength and an ability to walk along a small narrow <laughs> plank <laughs> in my front room. But um you know, these these things happen.
0: Maybe <laughs> I'm not. Kind of lost for words, I'll be honest yeah, with you. I'm I mean sorry about
1: that. I, no, it's
0: fine. I mean yeah. I thought about getting a shotgun in the beginning. Oh, so like, see, funny. in all seriousness, because people were saying, Oh, they're gonna start looting, it's gonna be like Mate. you know,
1: a hollywood film. Yeah. So Yeah, no, terrifying. it was a terrifying time. I mean, I know it hasn't gone, but it's sort of that first bit did feel genuinely mm-hmm. terrifying, I think. Uh and, and and the sense was that we were all gonna die if we caught it somehow. I don't know how we'd sort of bought into that, but um obviously enough people are, but um I think there was this sense that the danger was really, really, really high. Mm. Um and we did I think we collectively went a little mad, actually, and probably still are, to be fair.
0: But I love it's the idea re- of the nutty list, though isn't that great? Yeah, the nutty yeah list is great. it
1: was good fun actually putting together that nutty list. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what else was on it. I think we bought a lot of tinned pears, <laughs> <laughs> thinking somehow that the fruit would would not be available. And so we could have tinned pears and potatoes, and tomatoes.
2: <laughs> Delicious, <laughs> really great oh, right. bye Oh gosh, um, yeah. It's- very interesting listening back to, um, I don't know how many weeks we are now, 16 weeks? Yeah. Alexis? Yeah, just the sort of thing, the, the, the checklist thing is quite interesting because we started out talking about scissors and shotguns. Yes, and yes.
1: Uh, I, I cut my own hair and I've decided to carry on doing that until somebody says to me, your hair looks absolutely dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very expensive to have your hair cut. And oh my God, yeah one day that I might be okay at doing it. I've got slightly wavy hair, and I thought I'd probably be all right. And so I just began, and basically what happened I started cutting it, and then over the course of maybe a month, I cut it a little bit. Every time I saw a bit that stuck out, I cut it off. So it's a very long-term, ongoing sort of haircut. Um, and, you know, why change it, you know? You've kind of preempted, we're gonna play a game, Vicky. You preempted
0: one of the questions. We've got we've got this quiz. It's 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 really, really hugely successful. Um Love it. two of our two of our listeners really liked it. Oh, bless them. So that's good. It's called How Alert Are You? Mm, stay Alert. Are, are you ready to play? I'm ready. I'm alert. Okay. Well, one of the one of the questions we you'll realize why there was a bit of a yeah, synchronicity there. Okay, we're gonna go for number one. Your neighbour pops round with a delicious tart that they've made for you. Do you accept it and do you eat it? Slam the door in their face. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Have dreaming, you actually had any neighbour food? Oh, Covid tart home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Have you was, not had neighbours bringing you food though? This seems no. to be the thing. No. No, really? no we, we do yeah. shopping for uh, an elderly couple across the road from us. That's the nearest we get to Covid tarts. That sounds wrong. I don't mean it. <laughs> um, but no, nobody. Did. No, there was a bit of a local row, apparently, because somebody did start doing some sort of wonderful baking because the bakers had shut. And then apparently it got really out of hand because people were aggressively texting, what time is my loaf going to be ready? I <laughs> 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 a bit antsy about it also. I think the poor person baking thought, no, thanks. Well, I'll really do it like this. But um, yeah.
0: Well, you've passed that question. And um, we're going to make it through to the, the second round, nice. very quickfire rounds. Um, OK, the nation has run out of hand sanitizer and soap. Mm-hmm. What do you use
1: instead? OK, so genuinely, when we uh, began this lockdown, I went into a hand sanitizer frenzy and it sold out everywhere. And um, so I went into a chemist with, um, that had some rubbing alcohol and some aloe vera gel and I bought oh. both these things and I brought them home and we made our own, which at first we thought, massive result. This is a fraction of the cost and how wonderful. But then within overnight, it, all, all the aloe vera gel clumped into a sort of soggy, sorry pool at <laughs> the bottom. And then basically just there was just the alcohol left. So we just drank it, <laughs> <laughs> which was good. <cool. laughs> okay. anyway, sorry, what was the question? The nation's run out of hand yeah. sanitizer,
0: and say, "What do you use?" Instead, well, you've answered that uh, very,
1: very well, actually. And, and the alcohol is the is the is the boon at the end of it all. So yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, okay, final question:
0: Your best friend has spent three hundred pounds on a haircut, a post-lockdown haircut, and looks like a Chuckle Brother. Do you say anything? And if so, what would you say? Well, I would say, isn't one of the Chuckle Brothers
1: sadly now deceased? Yeah, I know it's a bit <laughs> so, of an awkward question. Yeah, awkward. So I'm I'm going to assume you mean the one that's still with us um yeah. I would probably yeah I'd probably say um had you thought about having that moustache removed <laughs> <laughs> oh that's clever love, so, love, yeah, love yeah, that. yeah yeah but I think isn't there some great thing that men can have their beards shaved off but women can't have their their um, that's right they yeah.
2: can't be waxed they can't be
1: waxed so but I'm thinking yeah. barbers actually and demanding that he take off my covid beard <laughs>
2: <laughs> and shape your eyebrows. But I'll, be, well. but I'll
1: be wearing a mask, so he's gonna find it quite <laughs> difficult.
0: The other Tricky. thing that
1: happened to me in this lockdown is I've been banned actually from the baker's down the road, <laughs> um, which I don't know whether you should put this in or not, but because I <laughs> because won't mention where you live. They knew they newly reopened, but it's a tiny shop, and I said to them do you think it might be an idea to wear masks in this tiny shop? And they, and they got very upset with me. Maybe I was the 10th person to say it. Mm. Um, and said to me, don't, we don't want to see you in this baker's again.
2: What, for wearing a
1: mask? No, for t- to asking, asking them. they wore them. Oh, okay. So they said to me, don't come back. He said, I'm not going to sell you that bread. And I said, I said, I really wanted the bread because they do do quite nice bread. And I thought, well, before I'm banned, I want this one last loaf. And I, for some reason, came out with this line saying, I do have, I do have consumer rights, you know. Uh, Did so. you mention? Ombudsman, did you get that far? Didn't, but I would have done. I would have brought up the ombudsman because who doesn't love an ombudsman? Yeah, you got um, you got to drop that in. Always keep that in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, no, that's the that's the tragedy. I've been I've been banned from my local. How does that feel to be banned from somewhere um, In one way, I feel really upset, and in another way, I'm qu- I think it's quite cool when you're yeah. When you're 58, to be banned from your local baker. I think that shows that you're living life on the edge.
0: <laughs> your hashtag, you really are hashtag, hashtag living
1: exactly, it, yeah, yeah, for sure. But
2: I I heard of somebody being banned from a baker's because they wouldn't wear a mask as a customer.
1: Oh, this is like in reverse. This is like a, reverse. In this reverse. Is like a yeah. parallel universe. No, no, I want I want a masked baker to, show, to sell me <laughs> Is that the new the new ITV
0: Saturday Night Show, Master Baker? Yeah, well, can that, you imagine that could genuinely that catch be... on? Um,
1: yeah. Well, I think that you've passed the quiz. Oh, thanks. There's absolutely no prize. I didn't I'm want afraid. One, because it would be Good. You know, it might be contaminated when you delivered it to my door. Yeah, it <laughs> <You> would. <laughs> yeah. Courtesy of your
0: baker. Um, but um <laughs> we have a question from one of our listeners oh yeah one of the two okay um she says the other one he says I think it's a man he's called at bbapbf but I feel oh, yes. like it's he's- masculine yes um, I think it's a man now I'm not sure if this is is it I don't know if you've been like a bit creepy but he said I'd like you to ask Vicky what she thinks about while she's driving and then make a podcast about it I think he means you make a podcast about it yes but
1: um what do you think about when you're driving yes I think that's quite a good question actually because I think when you're driving you do think about odd things don't you um I'm just trying to think I mean today I was thinking about my dog uh when I was driving so I could make a podcast about my dog uh uh uh, what else do I think about when I'm driving I think, oh, I mustn't crush into that person. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, there's not many pet podcasts out there. I feel like you might have discovered a niche there. There should be, shouldn't there? I'm surprised there aren't. I mean, I'd have thought that'd be a massive thing. But
2: Didn't you do something with dogs? Yeah, you yeah, did yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: Joe and I did a show called Puppy Love yeah. a number of years ago. Puppy Love, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, um, yeah, which we're hoping might go to America at some point, actually. Wow. Although I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but that's a possibility. I was, I was going to ask, you, actually, what do we feel about going to America? Well, funnily enough, um, Getting On, we uh, HBO bought the three series wow. for Getting On and made an American version of it, and we were exec producers on it and we got flown out to LA in fancy business class seats and wow. And then they, then they, we got on very, very well with the writers and in fact helped them with the storylining on, on that, on those series. Mm. And then as a sort of little gift, um they gave us a part in the third series. So we flew over yeah. uh and we were in the show and we went to the craft services and uh, we like uh, hung out in Pasadena uh, <laughs> and we went to, um, we no, we had a lovely time actually. And that was a real pinch yourself, you're in Hollywood kind of mm. time. It was fantastic, absolutely. Is that something you'd like to do more of? Not right now. Um, obviously, <laughs> you're not, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think anyone wants a, to go there now. President, and um, we're all out of these uh, COVID woods. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some fantastic people working in the States and I, you know, there is so many great shows that are coming out of their, um, you know, world and they, I think are, I don't know whether they're ahead of us in in some senses, certainly I think in terms of, um, you know, shows that have people that aren't just white men in them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's to me that there's, I know we're getting better at that here, but it seems to me that they're at, ahead of that. I I haven't yet started I May Destroy You, which is very much... uh, Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Quite
2: quite hard going. Yeah,
1: and I think a bit of me is a bit... Impressive. But obviously that's ridiculous. Um, But obviously I will be um, very much looking forward to watching that. And then um, I... I'm trying to think what else... I've been watching a show called This Is Us, the first season of which is really good. I mean, Big Little Lies being such a great show. um, You know, Things like that, where you sort of go, oh yeah, I'd like to make telly like that. Yeah, looks good. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, so is
0: that the dream? Is that the dream then? Do you, I mean, I know that you in America. I don't know if we call it showrunners over here that kind of thing. But was it if you could do anything once the pandemic's over, would you like to go more into that side of things? You said you're not. You don't really produce so much. You're more a creator.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, created to have your own shows. show. Um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think to show run your own show would be amazing. Yeah, I definitely would be up for that. And um, and I think that with all these things, it's always about the teams of people that you've got around you that can do the bits of those jobs that you are shit at. And they're going to really make make your show the best it can possibly be. So, you know, you everyone provides their best skill. And hopefully what happens is you come out with a show that's uh, – as wonderful as big little lies or you know um Mm. those wonderful sort of authored pieces that that are just so interesting and and gripping to watch and have women doing stuff that you know we didn't do for a long time on screen you know we we've been very much the foil and sitting in the background and looking really attractive and and particularly me obviously um and (laughs) and and it's time now that we see the Different people on telly and different ages and different races, mm. and you know, that we stop being so narrow minded, really.
0: I think at the the Comedy 5050 thing that you were speaking at, Mira Sayar was also one of the panelists, and yeah. she said, you know, there needs to be more comedies for old, um, about older women behaving badly. Yeah. And I think that was a real, I think everyone in the audience kind of got that and were in agreement. It's very much, um, you know, I, an underrepresented group and experience, I would
1: say, women yeah, over screen. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think losing Victoria Wood was a real blow in that sense, and actually Carolina Hearn, that they were mm. both women who were playing sort of playing characters older themselves forever, really, and would have gone on to just make the most beautiful mm. work, I think. And so that was just t- too terrible really, to lose two such incredibly talented women quite close together, really. I mean, but The lo- the lockdown and, and COVID in general has made me think is I worry a lot about things that really aren't important in yeah. life. And that's been the one positive, really, perhaps that I don't care so much now about whether my hair looks a bit grey or like a, a terrible haircut, or if, you know, I eat more chocolate, or if I um, have an opinion that other people don't like, I, I honestly feel like I don't care so much now. And there's a freedom in that. And I think quite early on, I was walking around my, in my, doing my allotted exercise on the local um, rye, and, uh, <laughs> which was probably just giving away my location and therefore my baker. Um, but, <laughs> um, and there was a woman sitting up a tree reading a book uh, with green hair. And I thought, oh, she's really gone for this. She's just like, bets are off, fuck it. I'm dying my hair green and I'm going to sit up a tree and read a book. And I feel a bit like I'm going to just try and do that a bit more. Um, even as things become more normal if it, you know as and when they do that that kind of energy of just kind of going I don't I don't really care what you think uh, I'm not going to the... I don't care if, if you don't like how I am. Um, aside from the nutty list which I thought was
0: a really good survival tip do you have any other survival tips for our listeners?
1: Well, I think my top survival tips are about knowing that every day or even every hour can feel quite different. So you might feel in the depths of despair at one moment and then you can know that that will, uh, for the most part, for most people, that will change and that the next day things will feel different. That you can go to bed at night feeling like what's the point of even being alive and wake up the next morning and and feel some new energised, positivity that you're not even sure where that came from. So I would say that's my top tip for survival would be to say nothing is ever really fixed and everything changes all the time. And then if you can to say to yourself um it might not feel great in this moment but press on uh, and just keep going. And if that's keeping going going for a walk, keeping going writing uh, a poem, keeping going making yourself a nice cup of tea, keeping going um whatever it takes smelling flowers whatever it takes you know just to keep going really and and things change.
0: And you mentioned about you're worrying less about certain you're not sweating the small stuff what should we be worrying about?
1: I think there's a lot of things we should be worrying about I think we we are worrying about a lot of them we should be worrying about uh, management of this pandemic and the right way to look after the NHS and to look after the vulnerable and elderly people during this time—that um, we should be looking to tax the super rich to pay for that. In my view, it's very, very simple. And in fact, I believe that there's a whole load of people who have offered who want to be taxed. Correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, and why not? You know, that's just—it makes a lot of sense. And it's not about donations. That's a whole different ball game. Um, and I think climate is a huge thing I've got two boys and as they grow up I'm very aware that their adult lives and as they move into you know getting older that their lives will be different to mine that the climate is already very different to how it was when I was young and that it's so much hotter that you know 24 degrees when I was a child was a very hot summer's day and there'd be the occasional kind of mad oh my goodness you know but, um, mm-hmm. you know, now it's regularly 30. It's kind of, and above, mm-hmm. and you kind of, it's very, that is very troubling, of course. And then, you know, there's so many things around the world that the list is so huge that, um, you know, it, it does feel overwhelming sometimes. And I, I mean, at one point, I sat with two friends that I've known for years and years, and we sort of said, like, what do you feel, what's your one thing that you feel most strongly about? And we sort of chose a different one each. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's in interesting to, yeah. yeah we sort of went well we can't all do climate change we can't all do you know um w- women's rights and we can't all do uh i can't, you know it was kind of like what are we what are we each going to choose and so we sort of decided we'd focus on one thing because it feels so enormous all this um burden of what's so so wrong in so many parts of the world you know
0: do you think a lot of the changes come about because people are um at home at their keyboards and they don't have to I was wondering about a lot of the women that have come forward about in the comedy industry there's been a lot of um sexism and, and and actually abuse and I wonder if it's because people are actually sat at home and they feel safer to come forward and talk about these things
1: maybe I don't know it's it's hard isn't it because I suppose the one thing that uh freelancers now have is for for a lot of people more time and more time to think and therefore i think you have to you have to examine things that you might not have done before you have more kind of analysis of yourself analysis of the situation analysis of the world you just it comes into your head in a way that i think if you're busy doing other things you might not experience and so maybe it's partly that i mean certainly something i've experienced and i don't know if this is uh you know a, a, thing that many people have felt but one thing i felt is that you that to a certain extent that you're sort of you end up living on or discovering more about your own essence almost that you realize the sort of bits of you that are the showy bits that you put on for other people and then what are the real bits of you what are the bits of you that are actually about what you really believe in what you really want what you really feel strongly about and i suppose those probably come to the surface more perhaps in in a time like this I think um, artists and uh, in general, and that covers all the things that I listed earlier, are are, are very good uh, at reinventing and inventing. Yeah. And, you know, most of us have had to kind of build up a, a CV and a career out of sort of, not exactly nothing, but not out of being, you know, uh, having a second job that means that you can easily uh, afford to do certain things. You know, that for most part, you just take the jobs you're offered. You keep going. You keep going. You keep going, and you go through periods where you're not earning anything, and periods where you do, and you have to make it up all the time. I mean, certainly when I left drama school, I thought to a certain extent I thought I might play Juliet, and I was a bit shocked to discover that I looked nothing like you were meant to look to play Juliet. And it kind of gradually dawned on me that oh yeah, right, I'm not. I'm not going to get to play Juliet. Um, if I'm lucky, I might get to play the nurse uh, in forty <laughs> years' time. Um, <laughs> and so that was when I thought right well I'm gonna have to write then because I I there aren't the parts now for me that I want to play I don't want to play prostitutes and maids um which is what I was cast as I mean it turned out that that was quite a good indicator but you know um that I was cast as when I first left drama school you know that wasn't that was that was my go-to you know it was kind of like what's this oh, oh it's another little prostitute part that's, that's nice Good.
0: I think what you're talking about is the hustle. And actually, yeah. Yeah. the hustle is so incredibly important and is tied to our world. Yeah. You know, I think there's a difference that the people that will always survive, as you quite rightly said, are the, the ones who reinvent. But it's also about that hustle and just thinking, sitting there thinking, well, what have I got? What can I do with what I have? As yeah. you say, yeah. maybe I'm not Juliet, but I'm certainly this bracket. Maybe I need to go and focus
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that it's not going to be very, very tough for a lot of people. Um, And not just in our world, you know, in, in many walks of life, it's going to be very hard. And I don't know what I don't know what one does about that other than just keep going. And that's what people will do, because that's what people do.
2: So one, I do think it is the mother of, of invention though isn't it as well you know that to a certain extent
1: yeah and there are yeah. other platforms now you know there are platforms where yeah. you can go on and you can get advertising revenue and I know it's really hard I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch and I know it doesn't not everyone has access to even doing that but you know you just have to keep on keeping on um and you know just do whatever it takes to just keep going keep going keep going
0: and in terms of positive career uh, motivation mm. of course if one has entered the funny women comedy writing awards there is the yeah. hope of the amazing prize at the end of that and you are one of the judges oh i'm
1: so excited that's so great yeah i'm really looking forward to reading reading the final yeah notes and um and yeah, yeah.
2: It- Entry is now closed yeah. just in case okay. anyone's thinking of doing it but um sure. my, our wonderful uh, producer yeah. um Kate Stone who often sits with uh, Alexis on here um said to uh, just you know generally what sort of advice would you give someone about getting into script writing and and as we've just discussed it's something you can do if you're in lockdown um and in terms of scripts what sort of thing do you look for
1: um yeah, it's a very good question. I think um, I like truth in um, in any writing and any singing and any anything I watch. I like to see that there's an element of truth in there. So I always think you can kind of smell it. So I would always look for a reality within it, even in a kind of absurd thing or a, or a very funny thing. I would say, for me personally, a lot of what I love is seeing the ordinary. Become extraordinary through just this mind of the translator, almost of the writer from life into art. For want of a better description, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that. That would be my number one thing, I think, really.
2: And have there been any scripts that you've read that you've ended up maybe working on that have really popped from the minute you read it off the page?
1: Um, I, I, what do you mean by working on it?
2: Well, as a a performer, so so something that you haven't necessarily written yourself, Um, but then you've ended up being given a script and thought, yeah, I really want to do this. Well,
1: hopefully most of the things that I'm in are things, I would say for the most part, uh, are things that I've really, uh, they've really appealed to me. And there's been something about it. They've been eccentric. The characters have been eccentric or interesting or different and not just a kind of bog standard Middle aged woman, particularly at this point, for example, you know, or a kind of, you know, it's funny because she's desperate for sex, or, you know, she's desperate to, I don't know, some, you know, you get very odd things where people write about what they think middle aged women are like. And that's that's fine if that's, you know, part of her character, but it's never that simple. And I think you can't base a sort of comedy character on something as simplistic as that. But equally, you know, there are some just very interesting writers up there, you know really interesting and really funny and fabulous and you know I will look at women's writing probably a little bit ahead of men's if I can if I'm offered stuff and um, you know because I think it's really important to support those voices and, yeah. and uh, that we hear women's voices more. Yeah, this,
0: You have a, a rainbow across your face. I know
1: that's um, I don't know what that is. This, is, this, is this your angel your your, this is your unicorn persona Um, I have literally no idea. Uh, Oh, I tell you what, maybe I've got a little bit of tiny little bit of, um, it's a stained glass window sticker in my window. (laughs) And it's like, I think it's like a William Morris sticker that you can stick on your window and you've got a tiny bit of stained glass and that's now casting its
0: beauty
1: across my face.
0: Um, I mean, the ethereal beauty was there. This is just really enhancing. Just enhanced it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Vicky, for being um, our guest. And and obviously, the Funny Women Awards final is coming up September the twenty fourth. Is that correct, Lynn?
2: Yes, we've no idea in what form it will take at this point in time, but it it will happen. It it will happen in some shape or form. Lovely, um, even if it's
0: online and it's going yeah, to be a really good night We've got loads of different categories um, and keep keep listening to the podcast for more interviews obviously with with the other judges from that but thank you so much Vicky have a wonderful that. day i can actually hear my child's trying to kill one of the neighbors oh, okay. so <laughs>
1: otherwise Fabulous. we could chat for hours oh, but i feel like, like you know it's natural it's I'm just, the Ross like, curve it's the anchor <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to go and look that up thank yeah. you for that okay
0: Take care. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Funny Women Survival Guide and I've been your host, Alexis Strum. Thank you so much to Vicky Pepperdine for joining me in the studio. And of course, thanks to Lynn for repping the Funny Women crew. Vicky can be found on Twitter at Vicky Pepperdine and she's a V-I-C-K-I Pepperdine. And she will most likely not be found in her local bakers anymore because she's bad. And finally, let's get to some recommendations. So Funny Women's Mariana Fejo has a new podcast out called Doughty, and you can get that wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of funny women events, I'm hosting an online comedy storytelling night in collaboration with Funny Women on Wednesday, the 2nd of September. It's called The Time I Almost, and all profits are going to women's domestic abuse charities. We've already got Shazia Mirza, Tiff Stevenson, and Sophie McCartney on the bill, and it's going to be amazing. And you can already book your tickets right now from the Funny Women website, as well as... Tickets to the comedy crash course, which is back on Monday, the 17th of August. And there's a special uh, comedy crash course for 11 to 16 year olds the week after on the 24th of August. So book for all of these things as quickly as you can to avoid disappointment. And finally, if you want to find out more about me, do check out my new show, The HR Department on Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash Alexis Strum. There's some great comedians on Twitch. You should really sign up now. Please subscribe, download, rate, review and share this podcast. Your ongoing support means so much to us. Thank you. Stay funny and stay safe.